0: See website for details.
1: Yeah! Get up! Get up! Welcome to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. I'm Cousin Sal, and if you heed my advice, you're about to have a winning weekend. You see how it works? We have a great show for you, or maybe not. You know what? We'll let the ratings decide. We're going to recap that Thursday night game, a brand new segment that's sweeping the nation called Wager Rager. My old pal Harry will be joining us, and my new pal, the great Billy Walters, is going to be chatting with me. Let's kick things off. With the NFL's kickoff game, it started with a bang Thursday night. The world champion Chiefs lost to the Lions 21-20. to And I'm going to recap this in a weird way, as only I can do, in a segment we're calling Cover 4 with Cousin Sal. That's such a clever title. It really is. All right, Cover 4. I have exactly four takeaways from this game. I can't have more. I can't have fewer. Here we go. Number one, Dan Campbell is a legitimate crazy person. Now, I don't want to get graphic, but parts of Dan Campbell's anatomy are gigantic. And let's just say he's ballsier than the pit at Chuck E. Cheese. You get it? In case you missed it, the Lions have it. Fourth and three, first quarter, inside his own 20. And Campbell calls for a fake punt, and it worked. The Chiefs' defense was demoralized, and they scored on that drive. If that play gets blown up, Dan Campbell is kicked out of Detroit forever. He's at least banned from eating Coney dogs for a year. I'll tell you right now, if they make a run at the NFC North title, Dan Campbell, coach of the year, already down to plus 750, that may be the ticket. Number two, if you're on defense and Patrick Mahomes has the ball on your two or three-yard line, just go ahead and get off the field. Grab some Pirates booty. Check your Instagram. You're not going to want to see what Mahomes has in store for you. Really, the guy has you dead to rights. There's no point in watching him run around for a half hour and finally toss a ball through his legs to some rookie, somehow got open in the third of the end zone and has it all to himself. I see you, Rashid Rice. Yes, that's number two. Number three, the drops. Somehow every receiver forgot how to catch a pass during the offseason. That Thursday night game had more drops than it did insurance commercials. What happened? Did Johnny Knoxville replace stick'em gloves with silly string? Kadarius Tony looked like a five-year-old trying to catch a water balloon. Hey, receivers, it's a long year. Please, please figure it out. Use your hands and use them right, or go play footy with Messi. Number four, Chris Collinsworth is back in the broadcast booth and giddier than ever. Oh, Mike, did you see Jared Goff? He's just having so much fun out there. What about this guy, Morgan? Can you believe the athleticism? Jameer Gibbs, you see how he picked up the pash rush? I want to have that guy's baby. Chris is in love with every player who's ever been fitted for a mouthpiece, and people are going to trash him for it. But you know what? I'm not one of those people. You know why? Because I'm giddy, too. These guys are having fun. They are making it look easy. And you know what? I'd have a baby with every single one of them, too. Thank you, Chris, for pointing out what everyone needs to appreciate. Football is beautiful, and we're back, baby. And that does it for cover four. You know, I think I could have nailed it in three, to be honest. May need a new title. You know, some bets just spend hours crunching the numbers and analyzing data, looking for an edge. This is not that. I'm way too unsophisticated for that. So it's time for me to offer an attempt at a mostly comedic and oftentimes angry look at a bet that I'm backing. We're calling this Wager Rager. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It only took a half dozen interns 11 weeks to come up with a title for this segment. Speaking of titles and names that make little to no sense, you probably heard that the Washington commanders were recently sold by embattled owner, Daniel Snyder, Snyder who had more charges against him than Nick Cannon's American express card on mother's day, finally caved and sold the team to investor slash philanthropist slash handshake, ninja, Josh Harris and It's good that he's gone. People were sick and tired of dealing with the sewage in the stadium as well as the steaming stench coming from the front office. But Snyder's dastardly departure does leave a void in the NFL. Yes, the question now becomes, who does Daniel Snyder pass the crazy villainous owner baton to? Well, the blue smoke is bellowed from the flyover states and it's settled in the form of Indianapolis Colts chairman Jim Ursay. And he comes with quite a resume. Ursay himself has had his brushes with the law, as well as his brushes with stupidity.
2: I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage.
1: You probably remember last year when Ursay pulled a fast one by hiring someone from television to coach his football team. Unfortunately, none of the real housewives of Dubai were available. So what did he do? He ended up with his old pal, Jeff Saturday. You want to bet against this guy? Put your money down, people. (laughs) Love to see it. Love to see it. And yes, we all should have listened. Saturday, a guy with no coaching experience proceeded to go 1-7. and And one of those losses involved the biggest blown lead in NFL history. And it's not just the coaches. In the past three years, Ursa has overseen a quarterback situation like a, a cucumber farmer in Uzbekistan who was forced to join your fantasy league as a last-minute replacement. But this year, he topped all those things by upsetting his franchise running back slash best player, Jonathan Taylor, inspiring the biggest online feud since Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk fake threatened to throw hands. It started with Jonathan Taylor wanting more money. Ursay denied him a raise, which led to JT requesting to be traded. Jim Ursay wanted none of that. A month later, he wanted all of that when he gave Taylor permission to seek a trade. And then, somewhere in there, Dr. Demented diagnosed Jonathan Taylor with an injury Taylor didn't even know he had. It started a big mess. Jonathan Taylor never got traded, and whether he's injured or not, he ended on the dreaded pup list. So now, the Colts are without their best player, maybe forever, and with nothing but confusion to show for it. We know how you feel, Blue. At this point, it's really hard to tell if old Jimbo wants to be the owner of a multi-billion dollar NFL franchise or the host of his own Comedy Central series, Earth Say the darndest Things. We don't build rockets to go to Mars. We're not nuclear scientists. I really don't know what his goal is. My goal, I'm pretty certain, is to make money. And that's exactly what I'm going to do by heading over to the FanDuel app right now and betting the dysfunctional Colts adjusted win total under four and a half at almost three to one odds these things uh, don't always work out in our favor see even Jim approves hey after this break we're going to go over all the week one important games on the NFL slate plus some college stuff when you return Harry is going to be in the handicapper hot seat don't go anywhere I still can't believe how cool that looks. Welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. It's time to tackle the games we've been waiting for since that horrible, horrible day in February when football ceased to exist. Yes, the Week 1 Sunday slate is here, and here to help me tackle it is my longtime friend from college. I know it's hard to believe I went to college. I met him over three decades ago, and we've been... Fading each other ever since. Please give a big duh and a big hug to Harry Gagnon. Harry, what's happening?
2: Sal, what's going on? This is fantastic. From college to this is amazing, right? I'm so pumped. I'm excited. It's going to be great.
1: It is kind of. It might not be great. Who knows? This could be the last week. You never know. But I appreciate your enthusiasm. I have so many stories I want to tell about us and together and how we came up and how we gambled. But a lot of them aren't suitable for FanDuel or TV or FanDuel TV. But let's talk about the one. When we were in college, I wrote about this in my book and we had to take on an odd job because of our um, for because of our gambling, basically our bad, very bad gambling.
2: Very bad, you know, and thank God, you know, our happened happens to be our bookie in town ran like the recreation department in town with this other bookie. And they put us to work. They put us to work refereeing City League basketball like on Tuesdays and Thursday nights.
1: We were making $6 a game to pay off a debt. And um, I think we would have had to have ref like 300 or 350 guys. We would still be refing um, 35 years later. But uh, as it turned out, we couldn't stop and just ref basketball games. We had to bet on the games ourselves, and we're both on, we're betting against each other. And so that led to some really ridiculous calls on the floor, right?
2: Oh, of course, you know, and even like the the janitors, we had the the two janitors, you made nicknames, I can't remember the nickname you made up for those guys, they were betting on the side, Uh, they had about, they had, uh, I think they had more $1 bills in their pocket than they had teeth, but regardless of that, it was fantastic stuff, and they loved betting on it.
1: And one of the janitors was Bill Simmons. The other Pat McAfee. It's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable success story. All right, listen, we're going to go over these games. We have a lot to uh, go through here, Harry. So let's start San Francisco at Pittsburgh. The 49ers are a two and a half point favorite 41 and a half is the over under I'm taking the 49ers here. I love this team. I've never loved the team with the very last pick in the draft carrying a UCL injury playing quarterback as much as I love the 49ers. I have them winning 13 games. I can't get there with the Steelers. I'm not as high on Pittsburgh and Kenny Pickett. Um, He's the kind of quarterback I feel like the 49ers can hold and check. Their defense actually may have gotten better, the 49ers, with Hargrave addition. He makes plays with his legs, Pickett, but he's not a downfield thrower. So I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I know you have the over, but uh, I'm going 49ers to take care of business and win one of 13 games this year in Pittsburgh.
2: Wow. Oh, yeah, Sal, I'm going to take the over here. It was open 40-and-a-half, now 41-and-a-half. Jimmy G is in Las Vegas. Trey Lance was the starter week one last year for San Francisco. And now Brock Purdy gets the nod in week one. I think he is similar in the way he manages games like Jimmy G was. Very similar numbers last year, 68% each completion percentage, eight yards per completion. And it's easy to get this team downfield when you have somebody like McCaffrey, where he had 10 touchdowns last year in 11 games for the Niners since coming over from Carolina. Brandon Ayukes re- getting better and better over 1,000 yards last year, eight touchdowns. And I think a lot of people are excited about the Pittsburgh passing game with Kenny Pickett. He played much better in the second half last season, very little turnovers. Offense looked great in the preseason here and really like the Pickett to Pickens combo. Purdy, Pickett, both will be clicking, I think, Sal. I think this land's 47. I'm going over 41 and a half.
1: All right. Yeah. McCaffrey, I think they were 10 and 3 against the spread with McCaffrey 12 and one straight up. So he is the difference. I don't I'm no, I, I'm rooting for you, but uh 49ers held five opponents to 10 or fewer. So we don't know what to expect with this. But this will destroy me, this pick, because I'm so high on the 49ers. And uh when they're losing 21-3 at um, you know, 2 30 eastern, everyone's gonna be like, oh, what, what happened? What'd you say, Sal? So mm-hmm. that could be my first loss. Uh, let's go props here. Debo Samuel under 52 and a half yards receiving fantasy wise. I passed on Debo in uh, all 72 of my fantasy leagues. He's failed to exceed 50 in three of his last four games where his team is favored seven out of the last 12 that he played went under. Um, Purdy likes to spread it around. As you said, Harry, Iuke and, and uh, the the guys, uh, those of ilk seem to be getting the ball more Samuel went from 77 receptions to 56. So I'm going to go under for Debo in receiving yards.
2: I'm going to take Najee Harris out at any time, touchdown plus 110 10, total touchdowns in each of his first two seasons. Kenny Pickett, like I said, I think he can move the team down the field efficiently when they get inside the five, you got to pound it once or twice with Harris here. Uh, happened to score on a reception reception is opening game last year. He had three receiving touchdowns last year, three in his first season, Give me Najee Harris to the Steelers. Anytime touchdown at plus one so.
1: all right, let's move on. Also in the Steelers division, Cincinnati at Cleveland, I'm going Browns plus two and a half. This is my big swing pick. I think these two teams play again in week 18, pretty sure. Um, you know, surprisingly Burrow only eight and eight versus the AFC North in his career. But I picked the Browns to win the division. Uh, they don't have to do that this Sunday. They just have to win for me to or lose by two or fewer. Uh, can you see it though? Since he got off to a slow start last year, they lost their first two and still made it far. Everybody thought they were going to the Super Bowl. Uh, maybe they pick it back up, but I think they dropped this first game. Can't you just see Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett lighting up Joe Burrow and everyone being like, wow, what happened to that offensive line? It's the same as it always was. So I think Cleveland steals one here, uh, a slight underdog at home. Mm. And, uh, I'm taking that as the upset. Where are you going?
2: I'm with you, Sal. I know you're all over the Browns this year. I'm going to jump on with you here in week one. You mentioned Cincy did lose their first two games throughout the season last year. They're just one and two straight up their last three openers. Plus, the Browns in Cleveland gave Cincinnati their worst loss of the season last year, beating them by 19 points. The Bengals have not actually gone into the dog pound and pulled out a win since 2017, believe it or not. So getting points here is tough to pass up. You're all over Deshaun Watson this year. Let's see if your guy can come through, Sal. I'm with you here. I like the points, but I even think Cleveland can pull the upset. I got him 27, 24.
1: All right, now our rear ringer cohort, uh, Raheem Palmer, points out that uh, Week One division underdogs 25 and 13 against the spread the past 20 years, seven and zero against the spread since uh, 2018. Wow. As far as a prop goes, Watson, Deshaun Watson, two or more touchdown passes. You're getting plus 108. No one's going to praise me for picking Deshaun Watson, anything positive, I'm sure. But I have a good feeling about him. I have a good feeling about him this game. Uh, Last couple games last year, he threw for multiple touchdowns, three and two. This is purely on gut feeling. Jesse Bates, Von Bell, no longer in that secondary for Cincinnati. You're going to have a tough time adjusting at least early on. Give me two or more for Watson at plus 108. What do you got?
2: Yeah, I really love this one, Sal. Your ex-cowboy, Amari Cooper, over 58 and a half receiving yards at minus 114. Cooper led Cleveland in almost every receiving category last year, 132 targets, uh, averaged 15 yards per reception, had over 1,100 yards, averaged 68 a game, and in this matchup versus Cincinnati in the dog pound last season, Cooper had 131 yards in that game. And plus how he stole a thunder a little bit there with Cincinnati losing safeties Von bell and Jesse Bates in free agency. Uh, big game for Cooper versus their in-state rival. He goes well over 58 and a half. This is something where he might be able to get this by halftime.
1: All right. Tennessee travels to new Orleans. That line is three. I'm going to buy it down to two and a half take the favorite new Orleans saints. I could buy it. That's what I could do. I could buy points. My aunt Chippy sends me a birthday card with $50 in it. And I'm going to use it to buy this half a port. I like, I like Derek Carr. I like what he brings to this team. You could bet on Fandle that he will lead the NFC South in passing yards. I think he'd pay a little Vig on it, but I think it's worth it. He's far and away the best and most established quarterback in the NFC South. Uh, They're going to make New Orleans excited about winning at least early on. Like I said, I like both of these teams. I actually picked both of them to win the division. But uh, with Carr, he'll be able to throw it around the field. Um, Take him and remember, Tannehill 0-3 against the spread as an opening day starter for the Titans. Titans definitely win the coaching matchup, but not the game on Sunday. Who are you going with?
2: Well, maybe I should change my pick here after that Tannehill stat, Sal. But I am going to take Tennessee plus the three. A very tough game here to figure out. I don't love Tannehill, and I don't love Carr, but I do love Derrick Henry to dominate against the Saints defensive line. Henry over 1,500 yards, I feel. He'll be the difference. I can see this game being tight uh, in Derrick Carr's Saints debut. Uh, It's going to take a little time for him to mesh with his wide receivers, I think. The Titans take it again thanks to the best player on the field in Derrick Henry 2120 Titans
1: whoa you mean I don't even have the best Derek on the field all right I'm gonna I'm leaning on car again over one and a half touchdown passes minus 106 he exceeded one and a half and touchdown passes in six of his last eight Olave had a dynamite rookie season Juwan Johnson capable tight end you have Michael Thomas as a third or fourth option I think it's nice Derek Carr is going to lose some dumb games for them down the stretch but I like him over one and a half touchdown passes minus 106 you're going against the other quarterback you're going Tannehill
2: yeah even though I'm taking the Titans with the points here I'm going to take Tannehill under 220 and a half passing yards at minus 114 he enters his 11th season uh with the Titans and um Look, I, I think overall the New Orleans secondary can be very tough with Matthew and Marshawn Lattimore, uh, who was back. Tennessee relies more on their running game, like I said, with Derrick Henry to keep drives alive. I'm going to go under 220 and a half, Sal.
1: All right, Jacksonville and Indianapolis. The Jacks are a four-and-a-half-point favorite at Indy. 45-and-a-half is the over on the Colts, Five thirteen and 2 against the spread in their last, what is that, 20-season openers? They're the least profitable team over the last two decades in season openers. You heard my thoughts on the Colts earlier, Seventh different Colts starter in as many years calling the signals back there. This is less of a bet on the Jaguars who I don't love and more against the rookie quarterback against the serviceable defense. I don't mean to pick on AR, but he has the lowest completion rate 54.7% by a first round quarterback in 12 years. Give me the Jaguars to win by at least a touchdown. I'm only laying four and a half here. You're going under.
2: Yeah, I do like your place out, but I'm I'm going to lean towards the under of 45 and a half here too. Uh, three of the last four games between these a- AFC rivals has landed under 45 and a half. It seems with rookie quarterback, you mentioned Anthony Richardson uh, getting the call. Uh, their offense probably sputter a bit, and of course, no Jonathan Taylor in the backfield for uh, Indianapolis. Uh, Jacksonville, I can see getting off to an early lead. Trevor Lawrence extending the lead during the game. It doesn't show too much in this game. Probably won't have to in the second half. Uh, Rely on, you know, uh, their secondary and their defense. I love safeties. Andre Cisco and Rashaun Jenkins, both guys combined for over 200 tackles last year. I think Jacksonville in a game, you know, know, I'll I'll give Indy 16, Jacksonville 24. They cover the spread and the same game still goes under
1: All right, real quick props. Lawrence, anytime touchdown, plus 280. Two rushing touchdowns two years ago, then five last year. I think he can have closer to 10 this year. That would be better than every other game. And so the plus 280 stands out. At least in my mind, he had a game with two rushing touchdowns versus the Colts last year. A little fluky to bet on a quarterback to run it in, but I like that number. Harry, quickly, what's your prop on this game?
2: Yeah, I got Travis Etienne, Sal, over 75 and a half rushing and receiving yards combined at minus 117. Had 1,400 yards combined last year, over 250 total touches. Uh, Had over 100 yards in his last game played against Indy. So give me over 75 and a half yards for Travis Etienne, who could bust one at any time.
1: All right, let's hit this game real quick. Philly minus four and 45 at New England. I'm going to go under. I can't bet Philly, but I kind of like what the what they look like here. They didn't lose a ton defensively. I wish they would have lost more as a Cowboys fan. C.J. Gardner, Johnson's gone, but, um, you know, they lost Hargrave, as I mentioned. But then they just loaded up on Georgia Bulldog studs, and they held them hostage. So they'll be okay. Tom Brady ceremony night in Foxborough. Belichick and his girlfriend broke up. Tom is signaled. First time, neither is tied down. Maybe sparks fly during the ceremony. I, I'm not going to get into that. But <laughs> back to the game. Mac Jones, uninspiring. Either way, I think it's 17-14, uh, late in the fourth, and I don't know. I don't care who wins, but under 45 seems like mm-hmm. a, a lot enough. Harry, you're going Philadelphia.
2: I'm going to lay the points with Philly. Sal. Nick Sirianni's team lost just one road game last year, and they're 9-1 straight up. Uh, in their last ten road games, Philly was five and zero versus the AFC last year and won by an average of thirteen points. And they've won, and they've won seven in a row over the AFC overall. New England the other day picked up Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager, sound mm. you know how much I can't stand that guy. Yeah. What a terrible pick that was uh, in the draft. They picked him up last week. Any team that needs him is hurting. Uh, speaking of hurting, how about Hurts uh, outshines Mac Jones here? I got Philly 31-23.
1: All right. Real quick hurts. I'm going over 42 and a half rushing yards for the last six. He went 60 plus. He had a few big ones too, a 90 yard game, an 86 Mm. yard rushing game, 157 yard rushing game. This has potential to go way over. I don't know. You might want to check out some adjusted rushing yards for him. He gets shoved in the back by teammates three times. He can get the 20 yards. Give me the over Harry Gainwell anytime touchdown plus 310.
2: I'll take a shot here, Sal. I know the Eagles went out and got DeAndre Swift from Detroit, and Jalen Hurts had 13 rushing touchdowns himself last year. But Gainwell still looks good and is reliable in the red zone, has 10 touchdowns in his two seasons coming out of Memphis. Uh, and he scored in Philly's opening game last year versus Detroit. So give me Gainwell at plus 310.
1: All right. Hey, listen, we went too long. We went way too long. That was really quick reading, though, Harry, at the end. Hey, we're not done, but it's time to take a break. You okay, Harry? We'll I'm get good, you a water. Let's do it. Alright, prime time, Coach Prime, Cowboys Giants, we'll get to it all. Plus, we find Colorado to beat Nebraska next on Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Stick around. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. I'm Cousin Sal, that's Harry in the Handicappers' hot seat. We've already lasted longer than Trey Lance did as the 49ers starter. We went a bunch. Of, went through a bunch of games. We're going to hit a few more, Harry. You ready?
2: You up for it? Let's roll, bud. Harry's wearing it. a
1: button down shirt. I know it's very tight on top. You, you didn't even wear
2: a button down shirt for your wedding, right? I was going to say, Sally, I, I got a nice collared shirt here for you, button down. I look better than I did at my wedding a year you ago. You do. You're right. You like You're that, your, that your middle son was my best man at.
1: I know. Sure. I still You're don't right. understand it. All right. Yeah. Let's go over these games. These uh, few remaining games here Green Bay at Chicago. Chicago minus one and a half. And that's the way I'm going here. This is supposed to be the greatest. Longest rivalry in professional football. I can't remember two good games in my lifetime that these two teams have played. There was one where the the fan jumped out of the um, stands to catch a, a field goal on Monday night football or something, but that was cool, but it had nothing to do with the game. Anyway, this also has a great potential to be the biggest overreaction game of the week, regardless of the result. Jordan Love didn't lose a step. Oh, he was great. Unbelievable. The Packers are the same with him. Justin Fields looking like an MVP. I could see it all. It's a tough game to call because both teams are expected to win seven and a half games. If you go to FanDuel, you check it out. But Aaron Rodgers, Packers, owned this team for a very long time and reminded them as much as he could. I just don't think the Bears want to give Jordan Love some momentum to put together a streak of his own. I think they're every bit as good as the Packers, and they're going to have the fans behind them. Going with the ever-so-slight road favorite, uh, road underdog, road favorite Bears. How does it work, Harry? If you're a minus, you're a favorite, right? You're That's are going how with the have. favorite. Fares okay. minus one and a half. You're going with them as well.
2: I'm with you, Sal. Like Chicago and Justin Field stunned San Francisco at home in Soldier Field last year in their opener, and right now it's hard to have faith in Jordan Love. Um, now I heard today um, Dobbs and Watson questionable with injury, so that's big. Not having them, if that's the case, uh, Chicago went out and got Bills linebacker Tremaine. Edmonds to clog up the middle, and they also got linebacker TJ Edwards from Philadelphia. He had had 160 tackles last year, and in this rivalry, I think the difference is going to be Fields, but more for his legs than his arms. I think he's going to keep drives alive. Green Bay's going to be tired in the fourth quarter. They'll be sucking wind. Uh, I think they do enough here. I think the Bears do enough. uh, Justin Fields does enough. Chicago, 20 Green Bay, 17.
1: Okay, good number. Uh, Keeping in the fields theme here, anytime touchdown, plus 145. Same reasoning I had, really, with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I don't see anyone stopping this guy down low. He had one stretch last year, Fields, where he had six games in a row with a rushing touchdown. You're not going to see that plus number in front of his rushing touchdowns Uh, for me- too many more weeks. So take it now, plus 145. What's your problem?
2: I got Aaron, Aaron Jones under 55 and a half rushing yards salad, minus minus one three of his last five games against Chicago. He's gone under that number under actually 42 yards in three of those five. Um, now look, Chicago's defense was atrocious after dealing away Roquan Smith to Baltimore. But like I just mentioned, they reloaded with an Edmonds and Edwards, uh, they combined for 260 tackles last year. They stopped Jones. Jones has a real tough game. Green Bay has a tough game. I'm going Jones under 55 and a half rushing yards.
1: All right, let's do this. Sunday night, Dallas minus three and a half, 45 and a half, the over under at the New York Giants. You know, I'm, as a Cowboys fan, I'm nervous for not being nervous about this game. And I'm even nervous about that, too. So, but. Back-to-back 12-win seasons. They own the Giants. They've won 11 out of the last 12, 16 out of the last 20 against the Giants. Once upon a time, Harry was a big Giants fan. I was a Cowboys fan. I remained with this team. Uh, Dayball's definitely better than Joe Judge was for this Giants. But even he's a curiosity. They were, what, 1-4-1 um, and one in division. Not good at all. Prescott, twenty thirteen and one against the spread in primetime. Daniel Jones, 0-4 straight up in primetime. I don't know, Harry, you're always talking about the big games under the lights, but Daniel Jones doesn't get it done. Why is this different? I'm taking the Cowboys.
2: Well, we remember, boy, Remember, speaking of memories, boy, watching Chip uh, and Chip. He's watching that uh, uh-huh. end of the season, regular season game against Dallas and, uh, Dal- and the Giants back in the 90s. Great stuff. Sal. Yeah, a lot but of I H-P mentioned H-P references. Few, yep. Go ahead. Few, uh, we had, I had over one and a half, so I had to throw that in. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned a few AOs ago. New York is due to take down Dallas LA lost four in a row to the boys overall, but both losses last season were one score games. It is time for Daniel Jones to step up. He got paid in the off season. Let's go prime time. Let's get it done. Daniel Jones and on defense, by the way, I think Kevon Thibodeau, Dexter Lawrence all over Dak. Give me the giants outright 26, 24. So how do you like
1: that? Still not nervous. Still not nervous. You know why? Because Barkley battled back who kind of got paid, but not really taking him under 65 and a half rushing yards. Uh went the last 7 games without a 100-yard game. He only went over 50 once in the last 5 games. Catches balls out of the backfield, that's great and especially against the Cowboys last year. But against the stout Dallas D, it's going to be a long night. 65 and a half too high on the rushing end Harry. Your uh your boy Daniel Jones, you like him over passing yards.
2: Over 207 and a half salad minus 114 in six career starts versus Dallas Jones has eclipsed that up. Num- Eclipse that number four times and got injured early in one of those games where he didn't hit the mark of 208. But Saquon is an excellent receiver out of the backfield. And, Sal, your boys, better look out for the rookie from Tennessee, Jalen Hyatt. He could be the (laughs) deep that the Giants have needed for quite some time. He looked great in preseason, uh, averaged 19 yards per catch at at Tennessee. as a ball last year. Over 207.5, Daniel Jones. Let's go.
1: All right. Still not worried. Uh, Buffalo at the Jets Monday night, minus two and a half, 46 and a half. I'll keep this brief. I mean, um, you know, I know this is one of the home teams in division. You should be able to take it. Like I picked with the Browns. Well, it doesn't um, go along with my narrative. So I'm ditching that stat. See how easily I could do that. I could take a trend and just ignore it. Uh, I'm going um, with Buffalo here. They're the better team. They're expected to win more games. I'm laying two and a half. This is a weird game because the Jets – To say all the value is sucked out of all the Jets' bets is the understatement of the year. The jets This was like an even line up until two weeks ago before everyone came to their senses. The Bills are the better team. Rodgers is not yet established as the quarterback he was two years ago. Maybe he catches back up. This first half of the schedule was brutal for the Jets, and I just think there's too much emotion, too much going on. Josh Allen on the road wins this one 28-22. Give me Buffalo minus the points.
2: I like that with you, Sal too. And Look, you know, and against all odds, I think I'm I think I'm like three and zero in spite bets and I, This is a spite bet for me. Oh. I, just, I just want Aaron Rodgers to stink. That's all. I just do, and I, I think he really can here. I can see Rodgers having many issues uh, against a very solid Buffalo secondary. Tre'Davious White uh, played in just six games last season, but he's healthy, ready to go. Love Jordan Poyer in the backfield uh, in the secondary too. Micah Hyde. Josh Allen, like you mentioned, his offense doing enough, do, do enough here, Sal. And Buffalo, by the way, 4 0 straight up in their last four road openers. Give me 23 16, Buffalo.
1: Hmm. All right, way under. Uh, all right, so we both have Gabriel Davis props here. Second option for the Bills, Stefan Diggs. A lot of noise about how he and Josh Allen aren't getting along. Maybe it's Gabriel Davis's year. It is a contract year for him, and I do like him to score a touchdown at plus. 195 wasn't like two years ago, kind of when it was bunched up, he'd have three here, two mm-hmm. here all over the place. It was kind of a little more consistent. And I think in almost two to one odds, it's worth it to bet him to score a touchdown against this Jets defense. You like him over receiving yards.
2: Yeah. I like him over 46 and a half receiving yards. Al minus more 114. You mentioned contract year two time for Davis to really step it up. Sauce Gardner will be all over Stefan Diggs, So Josh Allen should be looking Davis's way a lot on Monday night. In 2022, Davis had a career high in receptions, targets, and yards. He's entered his fourth season, uh, and I expect big things for him this year. And I think he can do that on the other side of the field uh, against uh, – not going up against Gardner. I think he'll be able to get open, and I think over 46 and a half is doable for Gabriel Davis.
1: All right, listen, that's Sunday, and that's Monday. But let's go back to Saturday, Nebraska at Colorado. Now, this line jumped all over the place. Coach Prime has got this team and this country in a tizzy – about these Buffaloes, it was, it was Nebraska minus seven at Colorado. And then three hours after Colorado upset TCU, Colorado was laying two and a half points. Now I haven't seen many threes out there. Fandle is keeping it at two and a half. Uh, Obviously the big upset against TCU, Nebraska did not look great against minnesota but i'm still taking them plus the points here a rare situation where colorado is favored by the way they have the extra day of rest and you had colorado probably partying all week i know this Mm -hmm. sounds like harry logic but i do think it uh comes up to bite them don't forget nebraska plays good defense i think only about 251 yards for minnesota last week so don't look for the uh the coach's kid to throw for 500 against this nebraska team i'm taking the points and i think you are as well
2: Yes, yeah, Sal, I am. I love Nebraska this week. Everybody jumping on the uh, Buffalo's bandwagon. Uh, Dion, only one game here, man. One game, Dion Sanders. So let's pump the brakes a little bit on bragging so much. You mentioned uh, Nebraska and Matt Rule choked away that game last week, Sal, to Minnesota, but their defense, their defense was solid here. They gave up just 2.2 yards per carry in that game. They allowed just 4.5 yards per reception. Uh Deion's son, Shakur, has a tough day. Not a lot of points, not a lot of yards. Nebraska twenty four, Colorado only nineteen.
1: All right, real quick, we're running out of time. Texas, Alabama, running out of time for the best game of the weekend. Uh, Texas, Alabama, Texas getting a hefty seven out of at Alabama. Remember, this was a very close game last year. Alabama was lucky to win by a field goal, and that was when they were a twenty point favorite. Now they're a seven point favorite. I like this Alabama team. I think this is one of those rare years you can find value in them. You can find value in Jalen Milroe for Heisman winner at thirty to one. Uh, but I like, as far as this game goes, I'm going Texas and going Quinn Ewers here. I think they keep it close. Mm. You know, Harry, do you sense a blowout? You're going the other way. I think these receivers are just going to be too big, and eventually I see like a backdoor cover kind of thing.
2: Wow okay well you know Sal I do not like Steve Sarkeesian as a head coach I just don't I think he's so overrated Longhorns are 0-4 in their last four regular season games versus the SEC Uh, I know Texas played them tough last year but that was in Austin this game is in Tuscaloosa Um, I watched a lot of that game last week against Texas and Rice didn't like what I saw on that offense they got stopped a lot by Rice Bama last 21 home games 21-0 21-0 and 0 straight up, and 19 of those they've won by seven or more. I'm going to take Bama and lay the points against the Longhorns.
1: All right, look for that thin Alabama secondary there. Malachi Moore, Jalen Key, game time decisions. All right, that's going to do it. Wow, Harry, that does it for the main games. I think that's enough, right? Recap all your picks real quick, Harry. No, don't worry, forget about it. Really appreciate you dressing up. And joining us, Harry, you can follow Harry at A-A-O Harry on X and hear him on our Against All Odds podcast every Wednesday and Thursday. Coming up, we go from one legendary gambler to another. My sit-down interview with Billy Walters, the greatest sports bettor of all time. Don't go anywhere. If you want more chances to bet against me, check me out. I'm part of the Ringer Wise Guys this Sunday on FanDuel TV. You're not going to want to miss that, all right? Hey, and there are a few people, let me tell you, who have beaten Vegas and not the Raiders. Plenty of people have beaten them. I'm talking about actual Vegas, but Billy Walters did that, and he's written a book all about his system, a collection of insane stories about beating the odds. Earlier this week, I got to sit down with the legend himself, And here's how that turned out. Enjoy. All right, we're back on Cousin Sal's winning weekend. And you know, when I was offered this show by FanDuel TV and The Ringer, I said I'd only take it if on the very first episode I could feature the greatest sports bettor of all time. Well, by the grace of the gambling gods, he's here today. And it just so happens he has a book out. It's called Gambler, Secrets from a Life at Risk. It's a must-read filled with amazing tales and advice that he is finally offering up to the rest of us degenerates, here he is, the great Billy Walters. What's happening, Billy? Nothing shaking, Sal. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. How do we become partners? I'm just going to get right to mm-hmm. it. I mean, I know yeah. you've had, I read the book, like Floyd Mayweather was your partner for a little while, but he didn't follow the rules. I think you wanted him to bet just to concentrate on two sports books where he had a high limit and he went nuts. He was not as disciplined. People are going to be surprised to learn. Uh, and then you were like, all right, well, we can't do this anymore. I'll listen to you. I promise I'll do whatever you want. How do we do this? Do I have to have high limits there? I get there has to be something in it for you. I, I get it, but other than that, how can we make this work?
3: Actually, uh, Sal, as much as I like to, I don't do partnerships anymore. Like I said, I'm betting football a little bit, and, and uh, but I'm I don't I don't have sixteen hundred accounts like they used to have, hundreds of people working for me. I, I'm uh, I'm doing it a little different, although like I said pretty successful, but uh <laughs> successful. But but anyway, I know you're teased anyway, but. I'm not, great. I'm not teasing. I want to be yeah. your partner for yeah, one yeah. week. What does it matter? Right. What's, what's going to happen? <laughs> well, that might be fun. Anyway, but back to Floyd. Great guy. And he's Floyd's got he's got, a, you know, he's an action man. I can tell you that. And, uh, yeah. And you're right. We uh, he, he had a couple spots he was going to go to. But he, he got he, he got he, he got lost on his route. He kept going.
1: <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Yeah, he went for the knockout, and it, uh, it yeah. wasn't there. Uh, well, that's a shame. I really thought we would uh, work together. When did you actually first realize, like, wow, I have a winning system? In your head, you probably thought it was going to work, but after a year, when you won, you're like, wow, this is really something, and no one else can know about this.
3: Actually, Sal, I knew in the late seventies that uh, that I have mm-hmm. a winning system, and all I do, Sal, is I make a prediction on a game, and it, yeah, it begins with. with uh, Pirating, rating, okay? And out of power rating will come my line. That's the line that I make on the game. Mm-hmm. If there's enough of a differential, I will make a bet. The larger, larger the differential, the larger bet I make. And if there isn't enough of a differential, I won't bet at all. I think everyone pretty much knows three is the most valuable number in all of football, especially, you know. Okay, so between two and a half and four and a half, that's only two points. You got three and four, but when you look at the values of three and four, which which are in my charts, you're going to see percentage wise, they're much greater. Say than uh, seven and a half, eight and a half, and nine and a half. All the games that the line is that the team is a three point favorite, eight percent of the time that game's going to fall in three.
1: I love it all. Well, how hard is it for you? Because as soon as you become an opinion better, you're like everybody else, right. And you're going to lose. So I know you uh, highly value the quarterback rating, which you should, it's the most important position in the game, but how hard is it for you to not um, fall for all the hoopla? Like Patrick Mahomes must have a gigantic quarterback rating in your system anyway, but there's also people to feed the machine and the media will, you know, uh, portray him as godlike. So as part of you want to add a third of a point or a quarter of a point to a Patrick Mahomes, or do you just, are you that focused and you're able to shut it down and just base it on numbers?
3: When I bet on sports Sal, is nothing but business with me. It's just like you and your business. Uh, it's, I love it, but it not love it. I wouldn't do it. And, and I've got as much passion for it today as I did, you know, when I began, but, uh, I look at it completely differently. Uh, I can, I can treat it as a business and still have just as much fun.
1: Yeah. Wow. So I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I often said if I knew I was going to be in this many pools and this many fantasy leagues and gambling on everything, I might not pick a favorite team just to root for it in the cowboy it might, because it becomes too much. When is your best time of year? Do you think when you're most locked into the lines, is it right now? Is it like right as the season starts or is it like week six where you're like, Oh, all my numbers are really tight and uh, I got them good right here.
3: Early in the year, if you can identify something the odds makers don't, it creates a lot more value for you. On the other hand, there's a lot more uncertainty, too, if you don't. So but later in the year, after you watch teams play, uh, there's going everyone's going to have more information out there. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, everybody wants to focus on computers, okay? And computers are obviously, that's where it's at. On the other hand, there's a qualitative side of handicapping sports that is extremely important. Without that, I couldn't win. You know, over the years, I've had some guys that don't even know how to turn a computer on that mm-hmm. bring a, 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 a lot of valuable information that we're able to utilize. You know, you got morale problems in the team. Tell me where you go uh, in, a, in a database to find that. I don't know where you find it. I wouldn't get some focus on, you know, if you're not a computer guy, focus on the other. Try to find angles and things that uh, you're not going to find in a computer.
1: You talk about your first bet at nine years old, or maybe this is the mm-hmm. first big bet or sports bet, $125 mm-hmm. on the Yankees yep. over the Dodgers yep. in the 1955 World Series. Oh. It was a good bet. You taking the Yankees because they had beaten the crap out of them in so many previous years. And then, of course, the next year with the no, uh, perfect game, Don and everything. But anyway, in a way, that's a bad beat. <laughs> but what is the worst beat of your life or bed ache, as I call them?
3: Well, Sal, I've had so many of them be hard to, to remember. <laughs> I, I recanted one. I lost a halftime bet uh, when Arizona played Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl. I, that has to be as bad oh. as any I've ever lost. I mean, Kurt Warner threw an interception on uh on the goal line and. Uh, I've won a lot of games I shouldn't have won, Sal. And of course, I've lost some I shouldn't have lost. And you know, we always right. remember the ones glued. We never remember the ones quit. But anyway, that's, that's the way gambling is. I mean, but
1: you won on the Russell Wilson interception, didn't you? I think you had the I, Patriots I, over the Seahawks. Yeah, I, so, yeah, that's I good
3: did. And, and again, I don't want to under. Estimate the fact that I won that, but when you ask Custom Belichick because Belichick had timeouts, he wouldn't call him Me too. And, and, yeah. and I'm figuring he's going to call a timeout. And of course, Brady's he, got plenty of time to go down, and kick a field goal, taking an overtime. I personally think Belichick went to sleep. And then, but I think as a result, it forced Pete Carroll's hand. And I think Pete Carroll, because he had time issues, I think that's the reason he tried to pass. I mean, that's the only reason I think of. It, it, it was a four point two million dollar turnaround. For me. I bet two million wow. on, on New England and still losing two, two I won to two million. And I felt like, uh, you know, somebody dropped some money out of the sky to me.
1: I need to get something out of you in terms of is there a team that you're leaning towards that numbers wise, it added up in your head that people aren't going head over heels crazy about. Is there some value in some team that you could give? Could you uh, give that out?
3: Well, if I had it, I could, but I, I don't know which team that be in the colleges, you know. What I mean, uh, there's probably, yeah, but I mean, I'd be happy to give it out if I could, but, you know, you could, me, you could, credi- you could do
0: it. You could do I,
3: it. I <laughs> think I credibility is everything, and I've kind of stayed away from this. So, and well, I, got prefer to go gotcha. that route. All so right, I just
1: thought overall for the season, you don't have to give me a lean on a game, a specific yeah. game. But I wonder if
3: there was a well in NFL. Uh, there's in NFL. There's millions of things that can happen between now and the end of the season. We know that injuries. There's all types of things. But you know, right. everybody right. knows who the top racial teams are, and and uh, I don't know. This could be Buffalo's year. You never know. You know, but okay. we'll see. Buffalo, that's two F's, right? right I'm gonna yeah, write that but, down you know, okay you got Kansas, you got Kansas City, Frisco, you got all those teams. I mean, you can flip yeah. a It's who's going to? It's who's going to? You know, the injuries and and how yeah. they're really going to get through things, but. Yeah.
1: All right. Don't tell me to flip a coin because I'll do that and uh, it'll it'll go uh, south for me. Okay. I know it will. You know, I, you've been through this Phil Mickelson thing and you're probably yep. sick about talking about it. But there was one thing that jumped out at me that I don't think was covered in the book or the interviews I've seen you do. Essentially, it came down to had he testified in this insider trading trial, uh, you, your name would have been cleared and you likely wouldn't have done
3: jail time. I think that's uh, that's your your take on this. To answer your question, I went to prison. I didn't hear from him for five years. I never heard from him when my daughter died. Uh, I came home. I was at a club that we both belonged to, and I was going to play golf with some friends. And uh, I warmed up on the range. I was walking the cart. And he walks up with that TV smile and uh, big old grand, oh, it's so good to see you. And I'm so glad you're back on the golf course. I said a couple of things to him, and uh, and I went to the cart, and I haven't spoken to him since. And, and Sal, I, you know, I, I know you're. We're all supposed to try to find uh, uh, a way to, you know, get things behind you. But I don't intend on speaking to him anymore.
1: Well, that's okay. You don't need him as a friend. You have me now and we'll do all the things (laughs) you guys uh, love doing together. When this book gets turned into a movie, who is the favorite to play Billy Walters? Or would you like to play yourself?
3: Yeah, I'll, that's not my expertise. That, that if that were <laughs> ever happen, I'd probably leave that up to people, the movie makers. They, got, they know a lot more about that. Than All you. right. Well, I'll, I'll
1: suggest, um, you know, maybe Sam Elliott, I think, is a nice uh, folksy yeah. way about him. Or maybe Helen yes, Mirren, even. Who knows? Yeah. So give everybody there, a chance. Go, it's uh, exactly. Gambler Secrets from a Life at Risk, available now. It's a great read for sports bettors, and uh, even you are if you aren't a sports bettor. Billy Walters, thanks so much for being our very first guest on uh, FanDuel TV. I'd love to – if we could be partners, I have nothing to give you. I can give you a, a FanDuel hat or something. We can figure it
3: out. Well, but, well, well, Sal, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm truly honored to be on your show. You got it. Thanks, Billy. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. Thanks to the great Billy
1: Walters for joining us. You know what? I don't care what he says. I will never give up on my lifelong dream to be his gambling partner. Stick around, when we come back, we'll wrap up the show. All right, we're back. I'm told we have less than a minute left. Do I get a timeout? No? All right, we're out of time. Harry ate all the time. I want to thank Harry for coming on. I want to thank the great Billy Walters, my new partner. Hey, check me out with the other Ringer Wise guys, John Jastrzemski, Raheem Palmer, and Joe House. That's this Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. And I leave you with this very important message. Remember, you may feel like an underdog, but please know that you're all my favorites. Happy handicapping.